0: if you have your bible are you ready for the word of the lord today turn to somebody give them a high five and tell them i'm ready oh come on that was that was that was pitiful turn to somebody else give them a high five and tell them i'm ready the book of luke chapter 17 luke 17 beginning in verse 12 luke 17 and 12 when you have it when you got it just shout i got it amen luke 17 beginning in verse 12 And as he entered into a certain village, speaking of Jesus here, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. This morning, if you allow me a very simple message today, I'm not going to go deep on you today. But I am going to go, I'm going to preach to you today. Is that all right? I want to preach to you on this subject today. As they went. As they went. Can you lift your voice in this house god we're so thankful to be in your presence so thankful to feel what we feel i pray now that we would not only be hearers of this word today but that we would be doers of this word also and we'll be so careful to give you the praise the glory and the honor and with the church shout amen amen Amen. look at your neighbor and tell them as they went and you may be seated in jesus name the bible tells us this story here And I'm going to preach about it here in just a little bit. But first, I want to draw a conclusion. I want to draw a conclusion, a thought process of mine that I believe that you will agree with. And it is this, is that God is a God of movement. Let me say that again. God is a God of movement. He is not idle. We do not serve a dead God. We do not serve a stagnant God, amen, but we serve a God that is alive and well and moving. He is not a mythical creature in some book somewhere. He is not a statue that we pray to, but he is an alive, a living, and a moving God. And somebody shout amen. We see that God is a moving God from the very beginning of the Bible. Because the Bible says that the spirit moved upon the face of the deep. That there was a spirit that was moving in the beginning. The Bible says that God said, let there be light and light happened. And even in this very moment, as we sit in this building, the universe is expanding at the speed of light right now. It's still moving because. The first 10 commandments were not written on stone. The first 10 commandments were spoken in Genesis 1 where 10 times God said, let there be. And those 10 commandments have never ever will and never will be broken because God is a God of movement. And when he sets something in motion, no man can stop it. Can I tell you that when he set something in motion, no man can move it. When he set something in motion, it's going to happen. And even right now in this place, there are molecules moving all around us. And if you could see outside of the naked eye and look into the microscopic realm, you would see that everything that we see, everything that we touch is made up of molecules. And it's all moving all the time. And the only time it stops moving is when something is dead. But God is not dead. God is alive. God's creation is a moving creation. God's creation is a breathing creation. God's creation is a heart pumping creation. God's creation is a lung filling creation. God's creation is always moving. Because God is a God of movement. Somebody shout amen. I remember in about 7th grade. In Spring Lake Junior High. Which is a fantastic school. Uh. That's a joke. It's not a fantastic school at all. Uh, Anyway, seventh grade, Spring Lake Junior High, in in chemistry class or biology, whatever class it was, I forget, Our, our teacher that day, we had microscopes, and he told us all to dig the dirt out from underneath our fingernails, put it on that little piece of glass, and then you put another piece of glass on top of it, you slide it underneath that microscope, and you look through it. And I had a problem with biting my fingernails back then. I dug a little bit of dirt I had under my little tiny bit of fingernail, and I put it on that microscope, and I looked down on it, and lo and behold, it was moving. And I never bit my fingernail since. No, sir. You're nasty. Do you know that it's moving? Do you know that it's alive? It's moving. If we could see on the microscopic level today, we would see that everything is moving. Nothing is standing still. That God's creation is moving. That's why the Bible says the Spirit moved on them. That's why there was a rushing mighty wind. That's why he said when you receive my Spirit, it'll be like rivers of water flowing out of your belly because God is a moving God. The blood is pumping. The heart is beating. The lungs are filling. The eyes are blinking god is a moving god his creation is a moving creation he said draw now unto me and i'll draw nigh unto you he is a god of movement he requires movement and if you will move god will do something i said if you'll move God will do something if you move god will do something god is attracted to movement i say it again god is attracted to movement you know what god hates god hates idleness Yeah, the doctrine of doing nothing is upon us today. The doctrine of waiting is upon us today. The doctrine of idleness is upon us today. If you don't understand it, then don't do it. If you don't understand it, then don't move. But there's a lot of things about God that I don't fully understand, but I'm moving anyway because I know God is a God of movement. It may be imperfect action, but imperfect action draws the attention of a perfect God because God today is not asking us to be perfect. He's asking us to try to move, to put one foot in front of the other to give it all we got to to try at least yes look at your neighbor tell them this tell them idleness is the enemy of purpose there is a lot of purposes that have been drowned in idleness A lot of ministries that have been drowned in the idleness, a lot of potential that has been drowned in the idleness, a ton of anointing that will never see the light of day because of idle hands and idle hearts and idle people. In Matthew 25 the Bible says that Jesus told his disciples he said the kingdom of God is like unto a man a great master that went on a long trip and before he went he gave his his servants uh, he gave them uh, some talents and he gave one five and he gave one two and he gave one one and the one that had five he turned it into 10 and the one that had two turned it into four but the one that had one said lord i did nothing I hid your talent I did nothing with it. I was idle with what you gave me. And I hid it. And let me tell you what that master said to that servant in Matthew 25 and 26. He said, his Lord answered and said unto him, thou wicked and slothful servant. Ah. Hallelujah. There is a wickedness in the idleness. Mm. Hallelujah. Ah. I'm a preacher somebody today because you think it's okay to sit and do nothing. There is a wickedness in your idleness. He said, I wish you would have done something with it. I wish it, if you didn't even know what to do with it. I wish you would have at least give it to somebody that could have did something with it. So it could have been giving me back some usury. But because you did nothing, I can't even look at you. You are wicked and you are lazy because you didn't do anything with what I gave you. I come to preach to a church today. I don't care what you do. Just do something all 27 of you but i'm preaching to somebody today you may not have it all together you may not be perfect you may not even know what to do but do something because if you don't do anything wickedness is in your idleness yeah Yeah. let me tell you what he said in ezekiel 16 and 49 he said behold this was the iniquity of thy sister sodom he said, this was the problem with Sodom. This is the sin of Sodom. Pride. And the sin of, the sin of Sodom still has a whole month. Pride month. I'll, I'll, I'll get out on that limb and jump on it. Till all the acorns fall out of it. Y'all don't know about acorns, do you? Y'all call them acorns here. My acorns. Pride was their sin. They were fat with bread. And they had abundance of idleness. (laughs) Woo, hallelujah. Yeah. Homosexuality wasn't the only problem in Sodom. They were also enamored with doing nothing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we'll sit up here and condemn and judge and put people in hell and sit here and do nothing with the talents that God has given you. But I pray against that spirit of idleness in the church I don't care what you're doing, baby, just do something I don't care if it's perfect, just do something If you're going to be living for God, then you got to be moving Because if God is a God of moving He's looking for a people that are moving You ain't got to be right, but you got to be moving You got to be at least trying Let me tell you what he told the churches He said, I wish that you were hot or cold But because you ain't nothing, you're lukewarm I vomit you out I wish you was going back, or I wish you was going forward, but because you can't decide when or where to move, I can't do nothing with somebody who ain't moving at all. I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. Because somebody in this room today, you've been waiting for every I to be dotted. You've been waiting for every T to be crossed. You've been waiting till you had it all figured out. But you don't have to have it figured out. You just got to move. You just got to go. You just got to say, Lord, I'm moving. And if you will do imperfect action, the perfect God will come along and help you. Yeah. He said, these signs shall follow them that believe. The only way for something to follow you is if you're actually going somewhere. The signs can't follow you if you ain't moving. The only times the signs follow you is if you're actually moving somewhere. I don't care if you're moving fast. I don't care if you're moving slow. But as long as you're moving, signs will follow those that are moving. Somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. If I got to preach to myself, I will. The Bible says that them lepers, them lepers, they said, Master, Jesus, Master, help us, have mercy on us. When he saw him, he said, go, hallelujah. He didn't say be healed. He said go. Go. He didn't say, be set free. He said, go. Hallelujah. I'm trying to give somebody revelation today. Jesus did not speak to their sickness, He did not speak to their disease, He spoke to their idleness. He said if you will go and show. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say go show. Hallelujah. You got to go show. If you're sitting here and the only time you pray is in this building and the only time you worship is in this building, I got a word for you today go show. Go show. Go show. Go do something out there. Go show. He said go show yourself to the priest. And the Bible says as they went. As they went, (laughs) the miracle was in the movement the miracle was in the motion. I wish I had some help right here. The miracle was in the obedience and every footprint that they put in the ground was another finger growing back and every, oh hallelujah, every movement forward was another part of their body being healed and before they made it to the priest, there was a miracle in their bodies because they moved at the voice of the master. As long as you stay here you can't be healed as long as you stay. Here you can't be set free as long as you stay. Here there is no miracle. Here there's a miracle in the moving, there's a miracle in the going. As they went, high five somebody and tell them, As they went, high five somebody else and tell them, As you go, as you move towards it, as you move towards your anointing, as you move towards your calling. As you move towards God. As you move, he said I'll move. If you go, i go. (laughs) Somebody shall move. You got to move. You can't stay here. As long as you stay here, you're going to have the same old problems time and time again. You can say, Lord, Lord all you want to, but until you go, Show. You can say, Jesus, Jesus, all you want to, but until you go show, you can say, master, master, all you want to, but until you go show, see, this is a lot of problem with us today is we like to give lip service. We don't like to give life service. We like to talk about it, but we ain't about it. Baby, don't talk about it. Be about it. Don't talk about it. Do don't tell me what you're doing. Show me what you're doing, because if you go show as they went, the miracle. Oh yeah. As these lepers moved. God healed. Ooh. And they had to be whole. By the time they got to the priest. Because the priest was the only one that could release them back to their homes. Release them back to their family. So by the time they got to the priest the leprosy was gone. Woo, hallelujah what did they do they just went what did they do that was so special they just moved what did god say that was so miraculous go show just go See, a lot of us are waiting for some kind of magical abracadoo, moment, some wand to touch us on the head, some great thing. But really, sometimes your miracle is just caught up in your actually doing something. The, the answer you're looking for ain't sitting on that pew with you. The answer you're looking for is not where you are. As you go, as they went, as you go, and as you show, God will do the rest. Hallelujah. There were some other lepers in your Bible too. We know about the lepers in Luke, but what about them lepers in 2 Kings chapter 7? Them lepers in, 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 in 2 Kings chapter 7. Them lepers were sitting outside of a city that was so broke, busted, and disgusted. They was arguing over whose child they were going to cook on tomorrow. Hashtag true story. They was arguing. Oh, look. Yesterday... We cooked little Timmy. Ate him with some potatoes and carrots. Today we're supposed to cook little Jimmy. They don't want to cook Jimmy. We cooked Timmy, but they don't want to cook Jimmy. Help us out. Hashtag true story. And the lepers were sitting outside the city and the Syrians had gathered around him. They started looking at each other. You hungry? I'm hungry. See... The reason some of y'all are not moving is because you're not hungry. Your life is so good. Your bank account is so nice. Your marriage is so dope that you're not hungry no more. you like that church in Laodicea. You lost your first love. And you forgot that Jesus is good whether you're good or not. Oh, I don't want to preach today, but I feel it coming on me. And the reason that you don't move is because you're not hungry. But these boys was hungry. And they said, you know what? Let's just go down there to the enemy's camp. Listen, here's what's going to happen. If we stay here, we know we're going to die. And I'm not eating you because you got leprosy. If we stay here, we're going to die. And if we go down there, maybe at least they'll feed us before they kill us. What you say, Bill? Let's go. So the Bible says that they moved towards the enemy's camp. And when they got there, there was nobody there because the enemy had left. Why? Because in the movement, God did a miracle. In the moving, God did something. As they went, as those broke diseased, hurting lonely men began to walk towards the enemy's camp. God said hey, 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 hey." as they are going, I'm going to go. And it caused the enemy to hear a sound of chariots. And it caused the enemy to hear the sound of a great army. And the enemy got up and ran because four lepers started moving. I wonder what would happen in your marriage if you started moving. I wonder what would happen in your ministry if started moving I wonder what would happen in your family if you started moving God if I stay here I'm gonna die and I might die out there but I'm going anyway follow somebody and tell them, I'm moving, I'm moving, I'm moving, I'm moving, get out of my way, get out of my way, I'm moving. I refuse to stay here, I refuse to stay here, I refuse to stay here. Why sit we here till we die? I refuse to stay here as they went. Woo, hallelujah. Movement. If you want to see action, turn in your Bible to the book of Hebrews 9, 10, 11. You will see the annuals of the heroes of the faith. Abel offered a more perfect sacrifice. Enoch walked with God and was not because God took him. Noah built an ark for the saving of the world. The world, we know that the only people who got in that boat was his wife and kids. That's right. The world is your family. That means if all I do is save my wife and my children, I'm a success in the eyes of God. Got one person clapping, everybody else looking at me like a monkey doing a math problem, but I'm preaching today. I don't have to save this whole community. I got to save Court, Amanda, Isaac, Sydney, and Courtney. That's my job. Because if Noah built an ark for the saving of the world, it was only his family that got on that boat. But he didn't stay home. He didn't stop. Noah built. Abraham went out. He didn't know where to go, but he went. Abraham had no directions, but he went. Abraham walked in the fear of God. And God said, Abraham, wherever you put your feet, I'm going to give it to you. The Amalekites own it now. The Jebusites own it now. The Canaanites own it now. The Hittites own it now. But as soon as you put your feet on it, it's Abraham's land. And Abraham's seed. I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going somewhere. Sarah conceived in her old age. Isaac blessed Jacob. James wrestled the angel Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh Joshua marched around that wall seven days and seven times on the seventh day this is foolish I don't know why I'm doing this but God said move I'm moving and on the seventh time on the seventh day the walls came down Rahab hit the spies Ruth follow Naomi your people will be my people and your God will be my God wherever you go Naomi I'll go I don't even know this religion but I know you and I'm going to go David ran towards the giant Solomon built a temple that his father already built in his mind Elijah called down fire from heaven The woman kept going to the meal. Keep baking cakes, baby. Look at your neighbor and tell him, keep baking cakes. Because as you go back, God feels it. As you go back, just keep making cakes. If you stop making cakes, it's going to stop. If you stop serving, it's going to stop. If you stop praying, it's going to stop. If you stop giving, it's going to stop. But as long as I'm making cakes, as long as I'm working, as long as I keep going back, God keeps filling it. Hey. Woo. The apostles preached the doctrine <clears throat> until they were bold in oil. Hung upside down, had their entrails pulled out. Paul preached the gospel as the sword was coming down on his head to cut off his neck. He said, I fought a good fight, I kept the faith. (laughs) Hallelujah. And he's still preaching today from the grave. My question to you is, what have you done lately? Except complain about the sound of the music. What have you done lately? Except trying to find your where, where's my place? Maybe <laughs> I don't know what your place is, but just keep walking around till you find something that fits. <laughs> Woo! That ain't my style. Maybe <laughs> who cares what your style is? Just keep moving around till you find the right style. I got to go. I can't stay here. I got to move in my trial, move in my tribulation, move in my brokenness, move in my depression, move. The worst thing you could do is stand still. Because if you're practicing your statue impression, the pigeons are looking for you. My grandfather, Stanley Wilt i'm closing my grandfather stanley wilt kept having dreams it's a young man with a young family an ex-presbyterian evangelist that saw the need to be baptized by immersion in the name of jesus christ and they kicked him out of the presbyterian church because he started preaching it this young man stanley wilt this young missionary Marine fought in World War II. Kept waking up at night. Men with brown skin were calling to him, Stanley, come save us. Stanley, come save us. He read in the National Geographic Magazine about the Amazon, all these tribes they had found out in the Amazon that had been separated from uh, the whole culture for years and years. And he, he thought, you know, those kind of looked like the guys in my dream. And so he was at General Conference to meet. The missions board to get approval to go to the Amazon and start a church in the Amazon. And while he was walking through the general conference area, he saw three men sitting at a table eating hot dogs, and they were the exact men from his dream. He stopped, sat down with him. He said, Hey, I'm Stanley Wilt. I uh I've seen you men before. Where, where are you from? And he said, We are to hold. We are we are from Tohola, Washington. From the Tohola tribe. We need a church in Tehola, Washington. And the Lord told us to be at this meeting, that He would give us a pastor at this meeting. Our grandfather said, That's me. I'm the man. You've been calling out to me in my dreams. He called the four mission board and said, Hey, I'm not coming. I'm going to Tehola, Washington. Packed his family up in a station wagon in North Carolina and drove across the country to Tohola, Washington. And there is still a Holy Ghost Apostolic Church in Tahola, Washington right now. Yeah. As they went, my grandmother and grandfather would tell me stories about as they went, that they would make the place, that they would sit at the dinner table with empty plates and pray over the food with nothing in the cupboards and the door would not look. And they will go to the door and there will be nobody there. But sitting on the ground will be groceries upon groceries upon groceries. (laughs) My grandmother would tell stories about as they went, how God would move. My grandfather would tell me as he went, the witch doctors in the tribes would be filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus name and put up their witch doctor ways. My grandfather would tell me about as they went in those tribes, he would go to seances where they would have sick people. And my grandfather would tell me, he said, court, I would leave when the people started floating in the air with the candles. He said, if you don't believe it's, he said, if you don't believe it's real, you're crazy. It's real. And But they would not be healed until they called the white man from down the road. And Stanley would come down there with no medicine bag and, and no voodoo and no rituals. He'd just lay hands on the sick child and say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. As they went, signs following. As they went. As they went. Uh, thank you, Lord. My grandfather said, you know what? I need to go back to North Carolina. There's a tribe in North Carolina, in Lumberton, the Lumbee people. And so my grandfather drove his family back across the states to North Carolina to start a church in Lumberton. When he got to Lumberton, he met a young man by the name of Jeff. Jeff was a hippie, full-blooded Lumbee young man, braids, never wore shoes, a pot smoker, a rock and roll hippie. He said, Jeff, he said, you know what, if... I need a guitar player in my church. If, if you cut your hair and wear shoes, I'll let you play guitar in my church. He said, okay, I'll do it. I, I want to be used by God. So he, he would play guitar for my grandfather. But he had his eye on the piano player. little cute girl named Wanda. Mm. There have been a lot of good men saved by good women. Hey, hey, hey. And one night at a camp meeting, God got a hold of Jeff and filled him with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And he never been the same. And my grandfather won my father, Jeff Chavis, to the Lord. And that man married my mother, Wanda Chavis. And I'm standing before you today because somebody went. I'm standing before you today because somebody wasn't afraid to leave hearth and home and mom and dad and say, I'm going to do the work of God. And the reason that this church is in Loganville right now is because somebody moved. They didn't have all the answers, but they moved. They didn't have it all right, but they moved. They didn't have every eye dotted, but they moved. They had troubles of their own, but they moved. They were broken, but they moved. Somebody shout as they went. Stay with me. I'm, I'm closing with this. I told this story in the first service and I know my wife doesn't mind me telling it again. But we stood in her parents' living room the beginning of 2012. Right at the end of 2011, beginning of 2012, me and my wife stood in her parents' living room and we told them, we're moving. We're gonna leave this house we built. We're gonna leave this land we bought. We're gonna leave this cool little pond. We're gonna leave mama and papa. We're gonna leave papa and nana. And we're moving. We're moving. To where God has called us. A couple days after, maybe the next day, maybe a couple days, I forget the time frame, but I think it was very close to the day that we had told them that we were moving. Amanda's father came to the house. I was at work. I was gone. He told Amanda, why are you doing this? Why are are you doing this to us? That's what he said. I don't don't fault him for it. I'm not trying to talk bad about my father-in-law right now. Don't get me wrong. I'm just a grandpa who realized he was going to lose his grandkids. You know? We lived across the pond from them. Those kids had been raised across the street from him. He was just being a man. He said, why, why are you doing this to us? He said, he said, baby, this will kill your mama. Losing these babies, why, why are you moving? You don't have to do this. He was persuasive. My wife called me in tears. But when God says move. A lot of stuff just goes out the window. I got to be obedient to what I feel in the Holy Ghost. He said, why are you doing this to us? And the answer that he has now, he sees now, that we had to do that to them because of you. if we would have never moved from them we would have never found you and on this pastor appreciation Sunday I wonder what would have happened brother Rick if we never showed up of the canon what would have happened if we'd never showed up seven years ago you pulled into that driveway in that little white car and you said is this the church I said it's gonna be what would have happened what would have happened if I would have never shown up to this city and invited Sister Brandy to take pictures at Circe, service, service One. What happened, Jacob? I never met you. See, we can't see at the beginning of the move what the miracle will be at the end of the move. Those lepers in Luke 7 just had to move. They didn't know what was going to happen in the move. They just were obedient to the move. What would have happened? Brother stand? What would have happened if them girls never showed up at that softball field? What would have happened? With Tommy, Pinkerton, and Ned? Sarah. Grandma. What happened? The George when you and Sister Denise were sitting in your living room praying, God, what we gonna do? If you'd never saw that Facebook video of that boy preaching that Sister Denise said, come listen to this boy preach. What happened? What happened? What happened, Dale? I don't know. I believe God had a plan, but I don't know if I wouldn't have moved when God spoke to me to move. If I wouldn't have left that pretty little house and the comfort of my family. Comfort is a cancer to the Christian. If I'd have stuck with that comfort long enough, it would have killed me. I'd have sat right there on that pretty hill and missed the call of God. And maybe people sitting in this room today filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name, would not be. What would have happened, James? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe a lost family. Maybe a lost love. I don't know. What would have happened? What would have happened, Brittany and Daryl? going to get baptized in Jesus' name today, but what would have happened? Brittany filled with the Holy Ghost last Sunday on that land that God so graciously and miraculously blessed us with. (laughs) Brittany, by the way, I don't know if you know this, but you're the first person to receive the Holy Ghost on Bay Creek Church Road, but you ain't the last person to receive the Holy Ghost on Bay Creek Church Road. Can I get some... Because somebody went. I didn't know where I was going. But I went. I didn't have all the answers. But I went. I felt like some days it was way too much for me. But I went. And there's somebody in this room today. There's some names attached to your goal. There's some miracles attached to your story. I just went. I felt God was calling me to this. And I did it. And when I did it, look what the Lord has done. I can't even imagine my life today. I can't remember life before you. I can't. I can't remember. I feel like you've always been in my life. I feel like I was born in Loganville, not Lumberton. Because this is my life. And that little pretty house sitting on that hill that me and my wife walked away from. God has replaced it with a beautiful home about eight or nine miles from here. That's going to be my forever house. I can't wait for you all to see it. I can't wait for you to come over and have some steak and chicken. We're going to have a good time. What is waiting on you to move? Oh. You know what? I feel it in the Holy Ghost right now. I wonder if, if you feel this message today, if you just move out from your aisle and say, God, I'm moving to this altar today and I know. I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.